Welcome to Productivity Mastery. Stoy here, a productivity and performance coach on a mission to help businesses and people get the most out of their time. On this podcast, I'll bring you exceptional performers and together unlock what it takes to perform at your highest level. Thanks for tuning in and enjoy this episode. Oh, I'm here with Corey Morris, a good friend of mine. Um, I would say an exceptional performer, a person who is very interested in professional development, but also in personal growth. And we've been having a lot of really interesting and deep conversations uh, during the time I was living in Aarhus, Denmark, an American guy uh, based there. But I will leave actually Corey to you to give us a little bit more about the story. Who's Corey Morris? And, um, you know, what's your background? What brought you to where you are today? Yeah. Uh, first of all, thanks for thanks for having me on. So so hello everyone. My name is uh, Corey uh, Corey Morris. Uh, where do I start? So I'll give you a little bit of professional uh, info. I'm uh, I'm the chief marketing officer for Unity uh, Studios. Um, we do a lot of stuff within the extended reality field, which is everything within virtual, augmented, and, and mixed reality. We can dig into that a little bit later. Um, as you mentioned, uh, I'm an American living in Denmark. And I, I'm about to, what, what do we have today? We have the 25th on the 6th of March. I will be celebrating my 20 year anniversary living in Denmark. It's pretty crazy. And I'm almost to that point now where I'm reaching the halfway point where I'll go over to my life will be more spent outside of the United States than in the United States. Um, so I'm born and raised in a small town in Mississippi called Soso, S-O-S-O. It gets its name from the so-so mentality. When you ask people, it's like, how's it going? So, 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 so. So it can't commit to either side, right? It's funny. Um, so I joined the US Navy when I, was, uh, when I was 17, left for boot camp three days out of high school and spent five years uh, in the US Navy working within meteorology and oceanography. My last tour of duty was in Crete, amazing island and a dream job if you're working in meteorology because like most of the time you just look outside and it's blue sky. So it made my job incredibly easy. Um, and I, um, I happened to meet uh, my future wife, Anna, who's Danish. And uh, then she lured me back to, uh, to Denmark. And as I joke with her, she's held me captive here for the last, last 20 years. Um, I've done a lot of different things throughout my life. I often tell my kids, we'll be sitting at dinner and I'll tell them all the things that I've done. And they're like, dad, that's bullshit. You're lying. You haven't done that. I'm like, I swear, God, I, ha I have done that. And I think it's really because I've started, I started at a really young age and I've experienced so much in my life. Uh, and, you know, where I am now uh, at the age of 43, looking at what I do professionally, what I've accomplished in terms of my family and also just what I've done and, and, and some of the, the goals that I've set for myself, you know, as I would have never, never imagined that just looking back 20 years ago coming from a small town of what 100 200 people i don't know what google says right now how many people live in Soso, mississippi but if there's not that many uh it's where i am now so um i don't know if that's kind of what you're looking for but that's that's the that's the abridged version of of, of who i am i'm now curious to ask of course uh, as probably most of the audience what are some of those crazy crazy things that you've done that maybe can you share some some stories some examples of these things you've done during your lifetime like jobs wise <clears throat> oh yeah so my dad 
my dad uh, is is works in he's a welder he's a fabricator so i worked with him many many years uh refabricating old fire trucks so there's a huge industry in the, in the united states where you have volunteer fire departments um and i think it's when you get out into the rural parts of the united states Obviously, the city fire department can't go out to the countryside and put out fires. So you have like these volunteer fire departments. It's I think it's every boy's dream to become a uh, a firefighter in some way. So you get all these volunteers. Who, I don't even know if they have to go through any training, but they end up becoming firefighters. But it's up to each each volunteer fire department to source their own fire trucks. So what I'd help my dad do, and my dad did a lot of things. This is one thing I remember is that we would we would get these old fire trucks. Maybe they'd been down in Florida. There's a lot of salt damage because all of the salt and the, the salt water. So we would really just build them from the ground up, uh, everything from the water tanks. And, you know, when you're, when you're transporting that amount of water, you're also transferring that amount of weight. So you have to design those a certain way. And um, so that's, that's something I did. I, 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 I did, a, it's a really dirty job, did that for many years. It was forced labor. It was modern slavery, but that's how it is being a, a, a boy. In, in Mississippi, you, you got to earn your keep, as my dad would say. Uh, he's not listening to this. He doesn't know anything about the internet, so I'm, I'm not worried about that. Um, yeah, and then kind of like you know, I, you know, joined the military at a young age. When I was in the military, I worked, you know, obviously meteorology and oceanography, but I also had a little stint as a, it's called auxiliary security force, which is basically like a, a lightweight uh, military policeman. So I did all the weapon training and got the pepper spray in my face and um and tried to play you know sheriff although i hated the idea of carrying a gun with me all the time i I'd probably never be able to, to to use it got here to denmark um and um and you know kind of had to start from scratch you lose your sense of identity when you come to a new place right not only not only do you have to learn how to speak the language you're familiar with that story and i mean danish is danish is so hard to learn so, um, so I had to eat crow, as they say, and kind of start from scratch. So I was, I was just willing to take any type of job just to be able to get out and, and, uh, and, and earn some money was, uh, was, was a, a little milestone for me. So I, I took jobs uh, as, a, as a lumberjack. So I spent a few seasons with me and my thermos and my, my uh, chainsaw cutting Christmas trees. Uh, did that, did that for a while. That was a humbling experience, super hard work. But looking back on it now, I mean, that time that I had just with the nature in Denmark was was great. Also worked with uh, worked in Maersk, did a little bit of logistics stuff there. Um, yeah, I'll fast forward a little bit. I've spent I spent 11 years working uh, for a business school where I helped uh, co-found and lead uh, what today is actually the I would say the largest uh, alumni association uh, in all of uh, Northern Europe. So that was really cool. And then ended up getting headhunted uh, by some of the alumni from, um, from the business school to uh, join a startup called guest.com. Did that back in 2017, which is I think when you and I last saw each other. And uh, I worked with them uh, as their chief marketing officer for a year and a half. And then we were acquired by Airbnb. Um, and I've spent uh, the last two years uh, traveling a lot uh between uh Aarhus, san francisco new york and all over the world uh, with airbnb that was amazing great experience and um decided to um to try something else and now i'm working with uh, unity studios also as chief marketing officer which is a completely different area because i knew absolutely nothing about 
extended reality, virtual reality. But I did know one thing, and then that that was going to be the future of work. And, and all of this is, of course, accelerated uh, greatly because of the situation that we're living in right now. And working remotely is becoming more prominent. I mean, I don't know how many of you guys are following this, but Spotify just recently announced that they're going to let all of their employees basically decide where they want to work. And they can even choose, you know, within means which, which country they want to work from. So, uh, and that, yeah, so I've, I've, I've tried a little bit of, of everything. Also worked in a catfish house, which, which was amazing. Working in the, the back kitchen, washing dishes, getting your hands dirty, greasy. Uh, but all those things, I mean, they just build character. I love it, man. I, I've been working as well as a dishwasher, uh, warehouses. Uh, I actually went to the U.S. 10 years ago, this kind of a working travel programs. And I've probably had several jobs from making burgers to being a bellman, being a, like a shuttle driver, like all those kind of things. And and looking back, it's it really is about building character because every single experience you have is teaching you something. You know, like you're a bellman, you know, the, the boy for everything, right? But at the end of the day, you learn how to treat customers and provide like excellent customer care. You're washing dishes, you learn to be humble and uh, all the other things. So I think all these kind of things are your sort of like a life school in, in many ways. Yeah, if anything, it teaches you the fine art of human relations, right? Which is, uh, you know, probably one of the secrets of, of having a, a successful life. But for me, I'm also just curious about how stuff works. I'm always interested. I always, I always want to like pull back the curtain and say, what's really going on behind there? How are you able to do this? And, you know, if it's not everything from coming in, into a kitchen environment at a, at a, at a, a catfish house in, in Mississippi to coming here where I am now and, and we're able to create some, you know, really bleeding edge technology and sitting with some of the designers just outside the office here and, and and seeing how they create what they create. Uh, you got to have that natural curiosity uh, for things. Uh, and that both, you know, that's not just in your professional life. That also has to be in your, in your, you know, your private life as well. Yeah, which, which actually leads me to, uh, I really want to dig into your journey with, with this kind of a personal challenges that you set yourself with running. Uh, and I haven't really been actually talking to you in the last three, four years since you started. So I'm really curious to to kind of hear, first of all, maybe you can give a brief information for the audience what what actually happened. And my first question would be, what, what was your motivation? Why did you decide to to set up those running challenges? So maybe give a brief overview first and, and just share with us what, why were you so excited to to, to do this? Yeah, so I can tee this up by talking about, so back in around 2014, 15, uh, we were in the process of, of, of building our new home. And I was also doing my, uh, my executive education at the same time, plus working full time. So I had a lot going on. Um, and, you know, every waking moment I was, and I had two, two small children as well back then that married. Um, and I had a lot going on and you know, suddenly our house was delayed a little bit. So we had to go find a place to live temporarily and had all of our stuff packed away. And, and you know, on my Saturdays were spent at the office uh, working you know, on my, my executive education. And every, you know, every, every 
second was almost kind of like planned throughout the day. And then when I, whenever I needed to get some steam off then I would, I would go for a run. And before that, you know, I had, I've always been active in my life. I've always been doing some, you know, sports. I wouldn't, I would definitely wouldn't say that I'm, I'm an athlete, uh, amateur at, at best, but, um, so it's not as though I just started from zero running. So I'll, I'd, I'd always been doing that. I'd, I'd even a, uh, uh, competed in, in quite a few half marathons. Nothing, nothing compete. Compete is actually the wrong word there. I have participated in a few half marathons, um, which was, you know, great. So in a lot of people, you get to that half marathon point, you're like, okay, what's next? So while I was doing all this with doing my executive education, building a house, being a father, and being a husband and trying to find a place to live and not finish, which always seems to happen when you're building a new house. Um, uh, I started running and I was like, great, let's, uh, you know, my next goal is going to be, I'll try to, to run a marathon. Uh, and really what happened is, you know, once I ran that first marathon and once got into the house, once, um, once I finished my, my education, I suddenly had so much time available. And, and I'd reached a point in my life where I was like, okay, great. A, I've just experienced that I can do much more than I thought that I could. And B, I don't want to go and start filling all this, this extra time that I have with nonsense. I don't want to park my butt in front of a TV. Uh, I want to make use of it. And I think that's where it really started to take on a life of its own because I did my first marathon and I was like, okay, that, that actually went pretty well. And then I said, well, let's, let's compete in the next one. And that one went really well. I got so close to breaking the three hour uh, threshold, which anyone who's ever run a marathon will tell you that's really, really hard to do. I still haven't done it. Still one of my goals. And the older I get, I know it's going to be more difficult. Um, but like most things in life, it's like once you, once you accomplish something, you're all often looking for the next thing. And, you know, fast forward, that was back in 2000 and. 15 is when I ran my first marathon and we can get into the nitty gritty of what I've done between now and then. But it, just to give you an idea of where I am now, like last, last September, I ran, I ran my first 100 K uh, marathon. Um, and what's really, what's really interesting. And what, when I tell most people, this is that once I started competing in like, you know, official marathons and stuff. So I've, and I've done those uh, uh, quite a bit around Europe. Um, I started, you know, coming up with my own challenges, uh, in part because, you know, I'd been there, I'd done that. And these, these, you know, big organized marathons with 50,000 people, they were great, but I just want to do something a little bit different. So I'd start, I'd start setting like these, these yearly challenges. Um, and the first one was like, okay, great. I just ran the Berlin marathon. I'm in really good shape. Most people take like six months off before they start training for their next. And I'm like, that's, that's, that doesn't make any sense. Why would you want to do that? I'm in the shape of my life. So I was like, all right, well, maybe I can, uh, I ran that one in, I think it was in October. And then I was like, okay, let's run one in January and see how that feels. And I kind of did it on a whim because I was out on a long run. And just interrupt me if you want to ask a question, just so you know, Stoyan. Um, so I, I, I was on a long run and I was like, I, felt, I had really, really good legs. You know, runners talk about, you have to get good legs that day. And my nutrition was good. I, I was hydrated. I was like, let's just push this as far as we can go and end up running a marathon, which is just over 42 uh, kilometers. I was like, okay, cool. I was like, I ran one in January. I was like, maybe I could do this every month and maybe I could do like a 12 and 12 challenge. 
And my wife looked at me like, like I was absolutely crazy, but she could understand the logic. She was like, yeah, why would you stop? Right. And I was like, look, you know, you know, my training, I don't have to intensify my training. I'm going to do this anyway. So it's like, if I set a goal, then it's just much easier for me. So anyway, I ended up doing 12 and 12. That was amazing. So obviously I'm not going to continue I'll, that. I'll stop you, I'll, yeah. I'll stop you here uh, yeah, before we move into the journey. 12 and 12, man, you've been, as I remember at that time, you've been the chief marketing officer of a startup. Um, and and then you have wife, you have kids, you have other personal things. How how do you actually prepare and keep this shape going? And like, I mean, obviously some months would be more busy than others. So like, could you maybe talk a little bit about that? You know, a lot of people have goals and dreams and and then life happens, right? Yeah, I think everybody's busy. Uh, everybody, you know, claims to, claims to be busy, but I think it's really just about how you prioritize your time. And I tell people this, and, and often to, to, to you know, uh, the annoyance of many people is that everybody has 24 hours a day in a day, right? It's all about how you organize and prioritize every second, every minute. Um, I think it comes down it comes down to knowing your body really well, obviously from a physical standpoint. Also, I think it really comes down to to understanding how training works. Also, think that you have to start looking at your nutrition because obviously the food that you put in your body that's that you're fueling your vehicle. If you look at your body as a vehicle, um, and then you have to make some really tough life choices. You know, um, am I going to go out and drink with my friends, or am I going to get ready for that long run tomorrow? Um, to me, I mean. I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't guess I am a pretty goal oriented person, all things considered, but it's not as though I consider, I don't, like, I don't go around and say I'm a very goal oriented person. I think for me, it was just about setting a goal and just having the, the tenacity, my wife would maybe call it the stubbornness to really pursue that goal and to go all in. I think I've realized as I've, as I've grown older that if you're going to do anything, do it a hundred percent. And I always tell my kids, I was like, if, if, if it was easy, everybody would do it. Right. Um, I started by doing like a lot of people do and, you know, share it on social media at the beginning of the year, this is going to be my goal this year and then providing updates. But since then, I don't even do that. I mean, most of the goals that I do right now, I just share between my closest friends and family. And I don't even, I don't even put them out on, on Facebook. I'm kind of, I'm kind of beyond that now. Um, but I've kind of, I mean, they're my, they're my own goals, right? And, and I may participate in an official marathon, maybe run together with a friend, maybe just to be his, uh, his, uh, his, his pace setter or her pace setter. But um, I don't know, man, it just kind of, it's like most of these things, they just kind of take on a life of their own. And I'm always like, okay, what's the next thing? What's the next thing? So I did 12 and 12, and then I did 52 and 52. So I did 52 half marathons in 52 weeks. That was really challenging because when I did 12 and 12, I, I was still at the university uh, heading up the, the, the alumni department. But when I did the, the 52 and 52, that was, when I, that was when I joined the startup. And that was hard because I was traveling all around the world. So, and I'd have to get in my training and I had to do a half marathon uh, every week, no matter where I was. So traveling to Australia, opening up a market there, I had to go and find a, a path. And And that requires research. It requires planning. And I think it just requires enormous amount of, of dedication. And, and those things kind of bleed into your personal life and your professional life. And, you know, I, I have a hard time. I have a hard time untangling this whole work-life balance because at the end of the day, it's just life, man. It's all life, man. 
like what like work life balance it's like no it there is professional and personal life obviously but again it's you you have you're in charge you one has to to set the rules and so on yeah and, um, and i think this pandemic is also kind of a revealing a lot about this because uh, now we you you have to stay home many people like yeah, you know, some, yeah. people, some people can go to the office, but many people have to stay home, and, and it's very difficult to separate when should I stop working. All right, it's hard. Um, it's so hard. So, but like, what I'm interested actually is um, something you haven't mentioned is okay. You you started these challenges like twelve and twelve, fifty two and fifty two. How did you prepare? Like, did you, did you have to? you know, to run during the week a number of times, like to keep uh, in shape and like, and was that a challenge? Like, what did you have to let go of to be able to, to be on track with, with your shape? So I don't watch a lot of TV, um, which was, you know, that there's time I can use on training there. Obviously had to start looking at my body a little bit. I switched my diet, uh, started reading Tim, Tim Ferriss, uh, so got into the whole four hour body. Uh, but I've always had like the experimental mindset. Um, and, and, and I don't mind testing things on my body or trying new things. So uh, over the last few years, I've, you know, I've become pretty much a, a pescatarian. So I'll eat a little seafood every now and then, but I basically eat a whole food plant-based diet. That all started as an experiment just to see how my body was, would respond to it in terms of, you know, energy levels for long runs, but also recovery, which is great. You know, fighting, fighting, uh, fighting inflammation, but also just fighting the fact that I'm 43 years old, um, started leaning into yoga a little bit. Uh, you know, uh, yoga has had this stigma attached to it for so many years, but I think now I think more men are, are, are getting in touch with their, their yoga uh, their yoga soul or whatever you want to call it and and look at it is basically just it, it's stretching it really is and it's just keeping your body uh keeping your body limber and just keeping your body in shape so it's more than it's more than just planning obviously planning is important because every time every time i want to go do a new route then i'll obviously have to plan the route but i i know once you learn how to do these things it's like cooking you know you don't have to think about it they just kind of come automatically I'll, I would probably say half of my runs are, are routes that I've already mapped out. Obviously the challenge, but also the excitement part is when you're traveling somewhere and you know that you have to get a run in, that's pretty awesome because that gives you a chance to come out and explore that area in a completely different way than you would if you were driving or just walking. That's, you know, when I'm, when I'm just a few years ago, when I'm in like five cities within two weeks, um, that I have to, I have to explore that city a completely different way. And most of the times I'd have to do it early in the morning before the, the day would start. So being in Paris at six o'clock in the morning, running, you know, next to the Louvre and, and, and running next to the, 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 the river there, the scene by myself in Paris, six o'clock in the morning or in London, running next to the London, I going up to Ben Ben when I got the city to myself. I mean, man, that's a gift. That's and you and you have to frame it as a gift. If not, you're going to be like most people and think they're just running stinks, right? That said, it's the physical embatterment, but also the mental clarity that you get from running. I've never come back from a run and felt worse than I did before I left. I love what you're touching upon, which is the 
the mental side of the things. And from what I'm hearing and knowing you also for a number of years, you have pretty abundant mindset, man. And I, I'm pretty sure that you applied some of it also to to these challenges. So so how did you how did you sort of talk to yourself when I'm pretty sure you had some days that you're feeling exhausted or tired and I don't want to go out and it's it's raining and it's how how did you go out and actually make yourself do it when you didn't feel like it? Yeah, there's been many mornings where I didn't want to crawl out of bed. I was jet lagged or whatever. Um, I think it's that self-talk that you go through. Um, it's less about letting other people down, more about letting yourself down. I don't know how, how you describe it, but obviously I'm my biggest critic. That can both be good and obviously can be bad as well. Uh, and, you know, I could easily cheat. I, I could be lying about all of this. Maybe I haven't run 12 marathons, but for me, it's important that I document it just so that I know for myself that, that I did it right. Um, so I guess it's just all about knowing yourself and, and knowing that if you don't do it, you're going to regret it. Uh, and you're really, you're not beholden to anyone other than yourself. I mean, even though I'm a, I'm a husband or that I'm, I'm a parent, uh, at the end of the day, there's that ego that still, you know, kind of drives a lot of our thoughts. Uh, and I, I guess that's, I guess that's just really the only answer. It's just like, just get up and do it. Um, and it's really the good thing about running. Uh, you just, you just got to take that first step. It doesn't require is nearly as much, you know, time and preparation. For example, I did a bike, I did a, I, I bike as well. I do, uh, uh, road bikes. What's that called? I don't know what's that called. Uh, cycling. It's not just normal bike, uh, racing bikes. Yeah. So I did what I did. A, I did a, a ride this, this weekend. And man, that, that probably took me 15, 20 minutes just to get my bike prep, get the wheels pumped up, get all my gear on. And then I'm out. Uh, whereas running, I just put on my shoes and then just go. And that's it. I think that's the beauty of the beauty of running. And, and it can be, you know, minus 10 degrees snow, but um, often once you take that first step, then, um, then, then, then you're off. You don't have to worry about it. Do you listen to to podcasts or to music or like when you run? I, or do. You kind of... I yeah. do. Yeah. That's, that's a whole nother thing as well. So this is, this is me time. I call it Corey time. Uh, it's a time to disconnect from everything that's been going on that day or that's just been going on in my life. So it's obviously there's a, there's a de-stress component there. Um, I, I listen to music maybe 10% of the time and it's not like beat music or whatever. It can be, I mean, it can be classical music. It can be Led Zeppelin. It can be whatever. Um, but 90% of the time it's long form podcast. Uh, and I've been doing that for many, many years. So I, 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 uh, I had the privilege of producing the very first podcast back at the business school back in 2006 before smartphones. So people had no idea what podcasts were. So there, I was a little bit ahead of my time, but uh, man, there's some amazing content right now in terms of podcasts. So I'll normally listen to, to, to long form podcasts. Uh, so if I'm out doing like, you know, two, three, four, five hour run, then, uh, then I got like two or three podcasts uh, lined up. But to, to me, it's, it's my time to, uh, to actually get updated on what's going on in the world. Uh, most of them are, you know, you got the, the Tim Ferriss podcast, you've got 
you've got Joe Rogan. I mean, Joe, Joe Rogan's podcast, they can be three and a half hours long, even longer if they're drinking on that podcast. Um, so it's mainly just for my way of, of, of staying updated on what's going, what's going on around the world, but also just learning new things, hearing about new people. Um, so it, it's, it's almost like that, that, that time, which I can multitask, I can, you know, stay healthy, continue to train, uh, um, and prepare for any, you know, any, any runs that I may have coming up or just trying to, trying to meet my goal. But also the other component of that is just, you know, training my brain at the same time. And the funny thing is, is I feel that I'm more receptive to these ideas. I get more excited and passionate about it because you're, you have to think about it. You're combining this while you have the so-called runner's high. And I, I don't know if people have tried it, but it's freaking awesome because you're just not only you're getting all these fresh ideas, your your thinking is clear, you're maybe you're even maybe a little bit more uh, critical of these things. And then once you get finished with your run, you feel great because you've just done something positive for your body. But you've also you've you've kind of digested these ideas in a much more positive mindset. And I think that's important to think about. Yeah, your your body is involved. It's kind of a lot involved, more experiential. Yeah. Well, I don't. I think you. I think a lot of your defense mechanisms are actually uh, put uh, put aside because you seem to just have a positive mindset when when you're running, right? Um, so, so there's all these there's all these things happening at the same time. I think while while you're running, and it's hard to explain because obviously I can't get in people's minds when they're running, but. I tell my wife, it's like, you know, if, if you're, if you're going to think negatively about running, then it's going to be really hard for you to go put your shoes on and get out the door. Um, so she and I run together. And, no, go ahead. Sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt it's you. Not just, no, it's just, it, it's not just about running, man. It's about like, it's such a great metaphor, you know, running in your case for, for anything you do. You know, if you think about your job is going to be terrible and everybody's going to be this and mean and that, that's probably what you're going to experience. Like, it's such a great way to try to obviously there's a lot of bad things happening the world right now is is on fire many people say and and it's uh, it's very uncertain place and and so on and so forth but then again it's about mindset it's about what can i actually control what is within my control and how can i see a different perspective to whatever situation i'm faced with um, and I love, you know, this thing with the, about the running because you set this challenge, right? I mean, uh, obviously you enjoy running, but not every day it's something that you're like so much looking forward to when you're tired in Toronto and you, you have to go out. But having this different story and belief system, which is also part of the reason I think uh, what you're sharing about uh, listening to those podcasts and feeding your mind with positive thoughts, with inspirational stuff, with something new, with a new perspective, uh, and it kind of becomes like a muscle, right? Like, yeah. then you're more looking forward to the next time you go out and run because it was a positive experience. You get excited yeah. about it. You come back, you have this runner's high. Uh, yeah. And, and, you know, people, uh, people always ask me, do you, do you, do you, do you run with other people? And I know this seems maybe kind of antisocial a little bit, but uh, most of the time I would just, just enjoy running by myself, to be honest with you. Uh, you know, I run with my wife and I run with my wife because it's an investment in our relationship. Uh, same reason why I, I, I play tennis with my wife. 
it's it's all about okay great here's a sport that i love uh, i'm trying to get her to love the sport as much as i do i don't know if that'll ever happen but it's also because i can combine two things my love for the sport plus quality time with my wife um, i can get revenge on her because i can kick her ass in tennis because she kicks my ass in in ping pong so that helps as well but i think it's all about you know I don't go, I don't think I go around and strategize about stuff, but I, I often try to figure out how can I kill more, more birds with one stone? It's like, how can I get more value out of doing a particular exercise? And, you know, I have a, I have a friend right now, I'm not going to mention his name, but I have a friend right now who I'm, I'm running with. And um, I mean, sure, I could go out and run, you know, three or four times the distance, but I do it right now because it's time for me to both get my physical exercise in uh, contribute to my weekly goals right now, but also spend quality time with that person. So, but it's, it's, I think again, like you said, it's, it's all about, it's all about your general outlook. Um, and I think you, you hit the head, uh, the nail on the head when you said it's also, also about your belief system. I've seen my belief system grow as well. It's changed over the years. Thank God. I mean, right. If we're, I mean, our belief systems should change the older and the wiser we get. Uh, but I think I'm, I feel like I'm in a really good place right now. We have a comment, uh, actually a number of comments. I'm going to read them. Alona is uh, joining us saying, great to hear a shout for the yoga. And there then, you go. then she says, Corey, thank you for sharing. I think she means uh, the personal story, the journey you went through. And then we have a question coming from uh, Anya. So she says, love it. Just get up and move. Don't overcomplicate. And then the question is, what in your opinion keeps us from starting? Even when we wish we were more active what's your take on it and advice to get over it get out of our own way uh great question um i'm not going to try to pronounce her name i'm probably gonna i would i would butcher it so how do you pronounce it it's anya anya okay great awesome thanks for the question anya um so what in my opinion keeps us from starting keeps us from starting i don't know i think it, I, th I really think it's an individual thing um i think like most people uh maybe there's this fear of failure um but i often think that once you take that first step and you realize it's not as challenging or it's not as hard as you think it is then you start building that muscle and then it becomes much easier i mean just to use a you know an example i think a lot of people don't go to the gym because they are afraid of looking stupid that they don't know where to start they don't know what to do or they don't know how to operate the machines and there's this there's this fear of being judged that could be one thing um that's also why i think you know running is is easy because you can do it by yourself you don't even really need a, a pair of expensive shoes i mean some people are even running barefooted um but it could be something. It could be something that's it's, it's on the inside. Obviously, it could be something else. But um, I don't know. Yeah, I I see. Uh, I mean, for me, many times I think definitely it's about this first step. Like really, like yeah, there's a lot of things that could come into the equation. It could be you're afraid of how people will judge you or some other fear, but. 
once you do one step, it kind of you you build some momentum. And usually, if you are kind of if you know you have to do something, but you don't start, but you know you're fully aligned. This is the thing I need to go for, but you're afraid of something. It's really about just just jumping off. I think some people use this metaphor. I haven't jumped out of an airplane, but some people use this metaphor like when you when you in front of the door and you you have to jump out of the airplane and do it for the first time, especially they say your brain doesn't allow you to go because because it's survival mechanism this is this yeah. is ingrained in, in you right uh but but then that's why they they say i don't know if that's true or not uh, those mm-hmm. who are listening they're this but they say that they usually push you at two not at three they, they count down one two three but they push you at two because then you're not you know <laughs> holding on yeah uh it, you know like Sometimes we probably just need somebody to kind of say, boof, you know, but um, yeah, I mean, that's why we have first why personal trainers, you know, have, have jobs, right? Because they're there to, to provide these, uh, these safety guardrails and to give people the, the, I think it's give people the confidence that they need to get started. Right. Um, but, but fortunately it's like, once you get over that initial hurdle, I think you realize this is not as scary as I initially thought it was. Uh, and that, that I think that applies to a, to a lot of things, right? It's just giving people that that little nudge that they need to to get started. And it, it's not just about running. I think it's just about about everything. Um, you know, it took me forever to actually start playing the guitar. And I remember growing up, uh, I was like every kid probably thought that I was in a band, but I was not really in a band. Uh, and I always saw people who played the guitar, but I never tried myself because I always thought it was so hard and my wife uh, gave me a guitar for our fifth anniversary um, and I started learning from scratch uh, and I if I could you know if I told my son just this the other day I said if there was one thing I could change uh, or do differently uh, I would have started playing the guitar at a much younger age because now it's like why didn't I start earlier it's it's not that difficult right but I had this mental barrier that it's so hard. And now with YouTube and all the tutorials and all the, the, the knowledge that we have available, there are a few things that we shouldn't have the courage to, uh, to try. So from your experience, how do we break through these limiting stories and limiting beliefs? Like what, what worked for you during this you know, time to kind of to break through these stories that are holding you down? Yeah, so there's a few things. Um, I think there's this general, maybe it's my own fear that I'm going to be a really old man. I'm going to be on my deathbed and I'm going to look back and I'm going to say, I wish I would have tried that or I wish I would have had the courage to do that. I don't want to be that man. And, you know, life is, we're not promised tomorrow, man. We're really not. And you hear all these, with all due respect, cheesy quotes, live every day like it's last. There, there's some truth there. There really is. Um, I think you have to be able to t- take a step back sometimes and look at things from a, from a much larger perspective. Um, you want to live again. I'm, I feel like I'm just uttering a bunch of cliches, but you do really want to live life to its fullest. Right. And to me, I guess, and again, I can only speak for myself. I guess it was that fear of not living life to its fullest was greater than fear of failure. 
I mean, I would rather, you know, fall flat on my face and say, hey, at least I tried, right? Than say, you know, I didn't even, I didn't even try that. And I'm learning that much later on in my life that I probably should have done these things a lot earlier, but hey, better late, better late than never, right? And that's something that has to click within people because that's the thing. I mean, I can't, you, we can't get into other people's heads. Something has to click. It has, that, that motivation has to come from, from within. I talk to my wife about that all the time. She's like, but how do I, how do I get more excited about doing this? I'm like, I can't help you. I was like, that's something you have to deal with yourself. For me, a lot of my inspiration comes from watching people who are vastly better at running than, than I am. I mean, I look at some of the, the elite runners and I'm like, okay, that's my benchmark. That's what I'm aspiring to. And it's all about what's your point of reference? What's your, what's your benchmark? Um, I love cooking. And I can spend hours just watching, you know, chef tips and things from Gordon Ramsay or all these other guys. I know I'll never be a professional chef, um, but I can try to be the best chef. I know I'll never be a professional runner, but I want to be the best runner that I can be within the limitations that I have, right? Do you have, do you have uh, now that you're speaking, I'm actually curious, do you have any specific kind of a process like uh, to set priorities and goals because obviously to do these challenges to be a great husband a great father to to be a great professional at the job that you do it all requires time and energy so do you have any anything you can share with with the audience that's like a, a goal setting process how do you set your priorities that so you make sure that you follow through yeah so i mean i, I to me, it's all about really scheduling your time really well. So I'm, I'm, I'm a bit of a, a slave to my, to my calendar, to my diary, try to, try to block time for, for everything. And I, I really mean, I really mean everything. So, um, you know, a lot of us look at our, look at our work calendar and that goes from eight to four, nine to five, where I try to kind of look at the entire day. It's not all blocked out of my calendar, but it's, but it's also kind of, it's blocked out up here. I know how I want to spend my time. Also getting in some getting into some really healthy routines, you know we're 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 creatures of habit. So if you feel as though that you're in a bad, if you have some type of bad habit, try to find some substitute for that. Um, what else? What was the question again? What what are some of the processes that I go through? Yeah, um, I look for inspiration. Yeah. yeah, one of the um, things one of the things that you you share is like uh, your day to day. But I'm actually also curious to more like on a longer perspective, like how do I set priorities of what to do? What are the goals that I want to achieve? What to do, but also what not to do? I mean, I'm not one of these people who has a five-year plan or a 10-year plan, uh, I, but I'm also a person who looks beyond tomorrow uh, as well. I think a lot of that dr is driven by my, just my, my belief system slash value system. Um, and, and I think that's that once you have those guardrails, which are basically set up by your values and your beliefs, you kind of have a, you, I wouldn't say you could go on full autopilot, but there's a, you know, you know, when you're getting close to those, right? Um, I, I know, I know to, 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 I know where my direction is. So I know where my compass is pointing and I know where my limitations are. Uh, and I know where I probably see myself and my family in five to 10 years, both from a financial situation, but also where we're going to be living in this time. And, and um, 
it's not all mapped out. It's not all planned out, but you know, we're having open, open conversations about it. And also just think about if, if you, if you close your eyes and if you look, you know, where, where do I want to be in, in five to 10 years from a, from a physical standpoint, from a mental standpoint, from a job standpoint, from a family standpoint, I think we can all answer that question. It may require a, a lot of honesty and we may not like the answer that we get looking at where we are now. So, but you can easily do a, a little gap analysis. You know, where am I now? Where do I want to be in, in five to 10 years? Just generally speaking, am I on the right path to get there? Uh, maybe maybe not okay great what do i need to do differently to to uh to, to get there i know that sounds incredibly easy and i'm not trying to not trying to gloss things over because it could be incredibly hard but i think all of us can 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 honestly look within ourselves and admit when we're doing things probably that aren't going to benefit us or put us on on the right path yeah, I love it, man. It's it's really about creating clarity. And a lot of times that clarity cannot come from the logical side of the brain. So like you mentioned, closing your eyes and you know doing some visualization, maybe going and having a walk in the nature and then coming down and kind of really being honest with yourself. Where do I want to be if I have no fear, right? If If there's no limitations. Obviously, afterwards, you also put the limitations in place, but... As you know, I've, I used to be a movie producer, video producer, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. One of the one of the many, when you, one of the many when sides of Stoyan. <laughs> you got it. But like you know, one of the things that we do in filmmaking, and you also video producer yourself, uh, is when you create the story, at least you know fiction. You 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 don't want to put on the producer's glasses, right? You want to be creative. You want to imagine the spaceships and the dragons and all the special effects because otherwise you might limit yourself and miss some opportunities. So you put on the screenwriter's glasses, you see the whole picture, you start dreaming, you come up with all these crazy stories and special effects. And then once you're kind of done with this, you are like, okay, let me put on the producer's glasses. Okay, uh, I have this other priority. There's no budget. Uh, we can maybe hear the alien, but not <laughs> see them on the screen. So um, I think some people limit themselves in the in the first process, and and that's part of the reason, you know, they don't aim so high. Um, I'm not saying everything is possible. I, talking to, we just had a conversation before, like um, that. I interviewed David Allen uh, last week, uh, getting things done, and he loves to say. You can do anything, but you can't do everything. Yeah, that's it. No, that's so good. Um, so, so the thing is, but but yes, if you if you want to have a challenge of fifty-two and fifty-two, you you could do it. Oh yeah. You could do it. But I mean, you also have to be realistic about it as well. I mean, there are a lot of people who I look who I aspire to be like from, from let's just look at running i mean i was watching a documentary this this morning about a, a runner named zach miller uh the guy's a guy's a beast i mean he runs these races and runs them at speeds which i mean i i'm never gonna be able well never i wouldn't say never um if i wanted to do that let's just say that was a goal like say i wanted to run the the utmb which is the, the ultra trail mont blanc it's like 100 just over 160 kilometers up through the Mont Blanc mountains. It's absolutely crazy. Um, yeah, I could, I could do it, but it would require a completely different uh, approach to things than, than I do right now. 
I would have to make major shifts in my priorities. It would cost probably a lot of my, my family time. But if that was a goal that I set for myself, then uh, yeah, I mean, anything's possible, but I choose not to right now, right? Because to me, it's, it's not important, uh, which means it's not something I value. But uh, yeah, never say never. I love that, man. I love that. When, when you set a goal, you also have to think about the, what's the price you have to pay for it. Like yes, what, are you, yeah. what are you willing to, everything takes effort. And, yeah. and time and space and resources so uh, a lot of people you know we've been seeing all these stories of uh, the american billionaires tech billionaires and people like i want to be a billionaire do you like really do you want yeah. to 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 take the journey of becoming a billionaire and having the responsibility that the billionaire has like you know having all the the things that you have to to say no to to be able to 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 be in such a place like do you really and if you do and some people do go ahead yeah yeah i think everybody sees the 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 you know the gold at the end of the rainbow uh, they see the gains they don't necessarily see or want to see the pains that are required to get to the gains pretty sure you interviewed everybody from uh, jeff bezos to uh you know, to, to Bill Gates or, or, or anyone who's at that level. And they'll, they'll probably share a few life lessons that, uh, that most people don't want to have to go, have to go through. No, but I mean, we're, we're all very different and that's why we're not all, you know, billionaires. And, uh, we all, we all, you know, it, it's all about how you want to live your life. Uh, and you, you can live it however you really want to, right. But it's going to require tough choices and probably, you know, choices that, uh, that, that um well again yeah they're, they're gonna be tough choices and tough and cho choices that we're probably not gonna like and I, th i think it's a lot more complex than probably what i'm gonna say but it's really about trying to take control in terms of being intentional at least it might not turn out the way you want it to be but i kind of tend to believe it's better if i have intention where i'm going i might still be open for the opportunities but instead of being reactive to whatever life throws me at like there is some balance you can be fully structured and and rigid and everything is by plan but but at least having an intention what drives you what are those priorities that you have personally and i think now during this pandemic a lot of people staying home it's a great time actually to take this time to to reflect on those things what yeah. really matters to me yeah you know what yeah, makes me happy Not, not, not just like, what is the goal I want to achieve the next milestone, but what really makes me happy? Yeah. I mean, the thing, and this is really teaching us all a lesson. I think, I think to a certain extent, uh, I know that this is a lot of people have, have, have lost their lives and that's absolutely horrible. But if you try to find the silver lining and all this, it's kind of helped us reconnect with, with what's important in life. We have this conversation often in, in, in my home where, you know, we'll be sitting at the dinner table and having conversations with our kids and, You know, we always try to emphasize that, yeah, things may stink right now, but we are in a fortunate situation where we have each other. There are lots of people who are alone right now. We're, we're fairly healthy. We're able to, you know, have food on the table. Uh, so it's all about a matter of perspective, right? But again, having trying to have a positive uh, mind, mindset. I would also go just add to this that obviously, um, You know, I may be the key driver in, in everything that I do, but it certainly wouldn't be possible without having a, a support network. You know, I have I have a wife who 
who buys into most of my crazy goals and is fully supportive of me and and my kids support me as well and and my wife has uh, has spent uh, her fair amount of time uh, with the kids while I was you know maybe doing my executive education or doing these these crazy runs but but also just having friends who are supportive as well and from a career perspective I certainly wouldn't be where I am today if it weren't for people giving me these opportunities and that's also you know they say luck is about being at the right place at the right time so it's it's really all about surrounding yourself with people who are going to be a positive influence on you and I think a lot of us surround ourselves with for lack of a better word assholes and and life's too short to be surrounded by negativity man it's like you don't need that in your life and that's a choice that we can make. I think so. And I feel like in many ways we're sponges, right? Like you you absorb the energy, the mindset, the I love the thing that you said about listening to podcasts and positive instructional material, you know, YouTube videos uh, from successful entrepreneurs if you're into entrepreneurship or who are the people that I want to be like in certain areas and how can I absorb this energy and mindsets and lessons from them ideally if i can meet them virtually or in person now it's a little bit different uh, and difficult to meet people in person but but there's so much there's so much material at the fingertip man like you can you can listen to anybody you can get lessons for anybody you can reach out to anybody and ask them for a zoom cup of coffee and uh, you know like this we have all this and I, I think this is also one of the reasons people get confused. Yes, too many choices. Yeah, I mean, we have the paradox of choice, right? I mean, it's been proven by science that, uh, you know, you, you have to give people fewer choices or people just kind of get into like this, uh, you know, what do they call it? The choice paralysis, right? Um, and, and I get it. And, 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 and you know, the, the media that we have today doesn't really make things easier, right? Most often people just want things served uh, to them, for them instead of actually having to proactively go out and find the right things. But I think we can make choices about what types of information and, and we're receiving either by the, the media that we're consuming or the people we're surrounding ourselves with. I mean, I even have to do detoxes sometimes or I'll be, I'll, I'll find myself, you know, go, what do they call it? The death scrolling or whatever, where it's just negative and ne negative and negative, negative. Um, same thing with podcasts, man. If the podcast, if they get, they get a little bit too, uh, too uh, too sad for me i have to i have to listen to something else but again that's a choice that we actually you know we, we can actively make nobody is forcing us to to do this having said that though you obviously don't want to be too one-sided in in where you're getting your information as well because then it just becomes an echo chamber so i also think it's it's really helpful and informative to hear things from different perspectives you know and, and i get that for some of the podcasts i'll listen to some hardcore conservatives sometimes uh, not because i necessarily agree with them but because they offer a different perspective and you can't really choose a side without really knowing what the other side is, is, is offering. Right. Um, I think that's, I think that gives us perspective and perspectives helps us live our lives uh, in the way that, you know, that, that we feel is right for us. I love that you mentioned that man. And one topic that I, I also wanted to explore a little bit is um, I, I can see you probably in the office or are you home right now i'm in uh, i'm in our little makeshift studio here at the office yeah yeah you're in the studio now but i'm curious to hear from you because you're a very positive guy you are working a lot on yourself like on your personal growth and your mental state and so on and 
it's been really hard for many people, man. I'm, I'm talking to a lot of people these days, you know, uh, doing the work that I do with coaching sessions, with, uh, with workshops. And while usually we'll talk about, you know, productivity, planning, time management, a lot of those kind of more practical things, the last few months, especially, maybe because this lockdown and this, this whole situation has been a little bit prolonged, people just very stressed. People are staying home and uh, we had a discussion the other day. Some people, you know, single people staying home cannot meet other people. Some people have to deliver on deadlines and projects and, and they have kids around and they get distracted and it's very difficult. Like people are struggling with this kind of situation to also to kind of distinguish what is work, what is what is out of work. Um, when does this work actually have to finish? Like it's, you know, nine in the evening and you realize you're still working and so on. So I just wonder if you have any any suggestions that you, you know, maybe personal advice on what could people do to 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 stay mentally sane, to to be in a good mental state in this very uncertain times. Yeah, so I think this is this is just more descriptive than it is prescriptive because I, again I think it's a it's it depends on the environment the context and I and I I sympathize with people who have small kids at home my kids are a little bit older and they're they're kind of they're 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 independent when it comes to homeschooling because they they've been home uh, for school for for some months now but um, they kind of do their own thing so what I do is is I schedule time just to you have to schedule breaks. Or else, it, or else you end up working, you know, longer than you would if you were actually in the office. Uh, you have to schedule breaks where you can just get away from it, go do something else. We often, you know, try, my wife and I, she's also working from home, we, we try to get outside, you know, something just by getting some fresh air in your face, getting some, seeing a tree, I don't know, something, uh, seeing a bird. That, that just seems to, to give you that, that, mental, that mental pause that you need. Um, obviously, I, I exercise. Uh, seven days a week um everything from you know doing yoga i do a i do a little a strength training program which doesn't require anything other than just body weight and that seems to put me in a, a better place so that but that's something that's, that that i do uh, i would recommend that for people um also trying to schedule time even though it has to be you know maybe virtually just time with friends and and family um uh, you know, it's not as though I do this a lot, but we'll have like a little virtual Friday bar thing where we'll, you know, connect with friends and just share, <clears throat> share stories and updates with a glass of, of wine. Um, it's not nearly as good meeting face to face. The other thing is, is you know, treat yourself. Um, E-commerce e will thank you. That's, that's booming right now. Buy yourself something really nice. Uh, fortunately, we can still buy food. You know, splurge on some good food. If there's a nice wine that you've been uh, you've been wanting, I know uh, I know Heidi and them from Vivino are enjoying life right now. Their business is absolutely booming because people are drinking more. Um, but yeah, I mean, times like this, you got to dig deep. You got to hang in there, and and you can't be. Uh, I mean, don't hesitate to to, uh, to to try to find the the small joys in life. But when it comes to work, though, you need to you need to probably have a little bit more proactive approach to how you schedule your day or else you're just constantly on and off uh, with, with work. So try to have some of those same boundaries that you have even when you're, when you're physically in the office, if that's possible. I mean, cause I know that's one of the dangers of, of working remotely. I've been doing that for, for years when I was with Airbnb. I mean, 
my team was in San Francisco. So my work day didn't really start until five o'clock in the evening here uh, or the afternoon here. So it's like, that's, that, that can be really hard, but then you have to set boundaries. Um, and I, I managed to, I managed to, to make ends meet doing that, but you have to be clear in your communication with others. It's like, when am I on? When am I off? And that can be hard for, for some people because they, they maybe see it as a, as a weakness. I can't tell my boss that I'm not available. Sure you can. I mean, look, most of us, most of us aren't saving babies in our jobs. Let's be honest. I mean, some, maybe some who are listening here, they have, they have critical jobs. And I don't want to sound too harsh, but at the end of the day, I mean, if you're not in a good place, you're of very little value to your organization. Amen. Well said, man. Um, and and one thing I would just add because you you touch upon so many great things is don't be afraid to reach out. If you're in a really bad mental state and if you're not feeling well and if you're very stressed, call your friends, tell them, call somebody. If you're in a really bad place, you know there's people that can support you out there. There's professionals that can actually support you out there, um, and it's okay. You know, it's it's not a normal situation if you're if you're not feeling like this. There's nothing wrong with you. You're a human being. It's okay. Just just reach out. Yeah, I, I, that's a really good point. I mean, showing vulnerability, right? Uh, it's so funny though, Stoyan. I mean, we're we've never we've never been more connected than we are now, but we've never been lonelier than we are now. That's one of the things we talked about a lot when I was with Airbnb. It was like you have more people living in urban urban environments now more than ever, but we've never been more lonely. Um, and I don't know why that is. I really don't. I wish I could, I wish I could crack that code, but um, I just wish that people would realize that, that vulnerability is human nature. Uh, I mean, if I listed all the things that I was really bad at, that list would be much longer than the things that I'm actually good at, but it's just being honest with yourself. And I guess having the confidence and the courage to say, yeah, I'm probably not good at that. I need help. I need help. Those three words, those are really hard for, for, for many people to say, or I don't know, right? I don't know. I need help. Please help me. I struggle with that sometimes as well. But uh, yeah, I think that, that that's a really good point that you bring up. Yeah. Thanks, Corey. Thanks for all this. And just to, to, to kind of finish on a positive note, mm -hmm. what would be a kind of like your final message uh, to you know, to people these days, many people working from home, being locked down home and, and everybody trying to kind of navigate uh, the uncertainty of the whole environment. What would be your final message of uh, inspiration from the one and only Corey Morris? Um, <laughs> oh, man, I don't know. Look, so what I can tell you, and again, this is only from my world, uh, if, if you're feeling down and you don't know what to do, Grab some shoes, go for a run. I love it, Corey. Thanks so much, man. Um, is there a place people can can find you online? You said um, you're not so much. Yeah, uh, people can. Yeah. Uh, where basically, people... the only, yeah, the only social media which I'm really active on is LinkedIn. So just 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 look for me there. Just search for uh, for for John Corey Morris. John's my family name. Um, I'd be happy to connect with anybody. Thank you guys for listening. And if you're looking for somebody to help you step up your team performers and boost your productivity, make sure to check out stoyanyanko.com 
for online workshop solutions and programs designed to help you go through the current situation in a smoother manner. Stay safe and keep moving forward.